Hey guys, welcome to the ninth episode of The Metal Intent, the show where we talk to your favorite musicians, content creators, producers, and we get behind that intent in their music journey. So ninth episode is a very special one. We're here with Ramon Gutierrez from Andromeda. How are you, man? Good, man. How are you? Cool. I'm doing pretty, pretty good. And it's cool that your episode is back-to-back with Daniel's because we, <laughs> yeah. we met in similar circumstances playing Warzone during the pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, Daniel's Daniel's a homie for sure. He is the homie, man. And the, we started that episode talking about how cool it was that the pandemic, whilst there was that time when everybody was kind of panicking and figuring out what was going on with the world, we managed to uh, to establish a connection and uh, take advantage of the world being shut off to like yeah. connect with someone across the the ocean. It, it crazy, was, bro. yeah, it was pretty cool. And I'm wondering if, did the pandemic pose like any opportunities to you the way this one happened? Uh, I feel, I mean, personally for me, it, it almost feels like, um, I don't know, the, the pandemic I feel in a way kind of helped me. Hmm. <laughs> I feel bad saying that, but, the, but because of the fact that people were, you know, you know, were home and stuff, you know, that people have more time to, you know, discover new music and, listen to you know spotify and all that stuff so i feel like it helped in terms of um growth especially with the way that i put out music you know doing the the one month or the one song a month type thing yeah so having that re- like constant release of content coming out while you know people are home for the majority of the time you know i feel like that really did help me so that's cool i relate i do relate because there's you I at least did notice a shift in like the audience's attention. There's like, it's like if there's a little bit more consistency because people people were at home. So you dropped the video and people just watched more. I did find yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, because people, people want something to do, you know, while, you know, they're stuck at home. They don't want to be bored. And so I feel like during that, during that time, if you, if you were a content creator, I feel like you could probably relate to that in general because, you know, people are going to be consuming more content since they're, not, you know, not able to work or whatever yeah. the case may be. Right, right. It was, it was something to take advantage of and not let, not let it get you um, bored. I think I'm, it's interesting because you and I, I know we both took advantage of it. We, we worked hard during those, that year yeah. and up to now. But I think... It's catching to me, it's catching up to me like only now that like only now am I starting to feel kind of bored <laughs> and kind of what everyone was feeling back in March through through now. Now everyone's starting to think about open up and now I'm starting to think about getting bored. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's, that's funny because I've, I feel like I've been uh, kind of feeling that too. Okay. Where I, where I think I think I don't know if it's if it's boredom or if it's just feeling like burnt out. I guess from from putting all that time in. Right. So yeah. So this past month has kind of been a little bit slow for me in terms of like uh, being productive, just because I've, I've I think I have been feeling that kind of burnout. Mm-hmm. So I've been like I've been doing a lot of. Uh, um. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I've been doing a lot of like gaming and stuff. Well. Kind of, but I've been streaming and stuff, so just cool. to so that it's like still going like towards something. You know, I'm not yeah. like completely wasting my time. Right, I get it. I've always been. It's always that question of, am I burnt out or do I just need to change and try to do something different? <laughs> exactly. That, that's yeah. been my my recent struggle. So it's good to see that someone else who kind of lives the same life is going through the same thing. 
<laughs> cool, man. All right. So uh, the main reason people will have heard about Ramon is Andromeda. It's your musical project. Very, very good yeah. musical project. I'm biased. I like Andromeda <laughs> and I like your music. You, <laughs> no Thanks, problem. Man. I appreciate that. I'm really wondering, how does, how does Andromeda start for you? How do you start wanting to get your music out there like probably most of the listeners of this podcast? So for me, Andromeda started back in like 2016, right? So yeah. back then, it's kind of funny because part, part of the reason why I started going for the sound that I, that I did was because of like video game music, right? No. So at the time, I was really into like Mass Effect. Okay. And, um, and I love the, the, the music in Mass Effect. And so essentially what I wanted to do back then was like combine metal and that like sci-fi kind of like uh feeling from the you know the, the mass effect soundtracks and eventually over time that evolved into me going it's like the more doom style stuff that i've been doing you know recently yeah but but yeah andromeda started because i wanted i, I wanted to 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 merge that sci-fi kind of feel with metal music because i i'm like a huge huge sci-fi fan and obviously i'm a huge metal fan so i was like and i didn't really at the time, I didn't really see many bands or artists kind of doing that kind of thing, you know, blending. Like now, I, you know, it's, I feel like it's a lot more common now to find the, that like cyberpunk-esque um, right. mix between metal and, you know, synths and whatever. But mm-hmm. back then, I didn't, I didn't really find what I was looking for in, in that kind of area. So yeah. I was like, I might as well do it myself. And I, always, I had always wanted to like start, start a band, actually. Yeah. Like I tried for a while to start like an actual band and I just couldn't find the members. So eventually I was just like, <laughs> I'm just going to do it myself then. <laughs> yeah, cool. You took it in your own hands. That's cool. And that sounds yeah. like a very, sounds like a very entrepreneurial thing almost where you're like, I see this niche. It doesn't exist. I'm going to create it. I like that. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. That, the the thing is too is like whenever I was uh, starting it, I I distinctly remember when I when I put out my the very first song, which was Celestial. I remember seeing people commenting like, "Oh, this is like Mass Effect meets metal," and I was like, "Yes, that's exactly Good what job. I wanted it to be." <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cool. And yeah, the way you say it, it's true that these days it's a lot more common uh, that that people try to blend that and um. We, we could not have this podcast without talking about Meg Gordon and just how, oh, yeah. how big the influence, not only in you, but like the entire space that, that the soundtrack to Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal actually is like. And as big as it is, we might still underestimate it. A lot of people, oh, uh, a lot of people take that in. <laughs> absolutely. I feel like, I feel like you, could, you could turn that style into like a whole, I mean, it kind of is a genre, but yeah. I feel like it's not. I feel like it could be a lot bigger of a genre, I guess, like just based on how, you know, the, the doom soundtracks have been received. Like people love that shit. Yeah. And, uh, in, I mean, in my opinion, I feel like, I mean, like, you know, the, the whole synth guitar thing, like it's been, it's been, you know, it's been going on for like a while, but not to the, I haven't like, I feel like Mick kind of revolutionized the way you could mix synths and guitars. And, you know, especially with, uh, 2016 like you know he he built like a whole he called it the doom instrument where he yeah. ran sine waves through like an array of like distortion pedals and all that stuff and we've it's just all like, seen the damn video <laughs> yeah yeah you've seen the video yeah 
there's it's just like I don't know the the that way of thinking of uh of just just like really trying to think outside the box when it comes to how you can blend synths with guitars is like I don't know I I really I find that stuff fascinating and so you know whenever I did get into the Doom soundtracks that really that really like opened up another like area for me to explore which you know I've been doing the past year Mm -hmm. and I feel like. I feel like because of that, I feel like I've really um, honed in the sound that I really want to go for just because I know, I know a lot more now about sound design and, um, yeah. you know, how to blend synths and guitars. And yeah, I feel like it's just opened a whole new uh, chapter for me. Absolutely. I agree. I can pinpoint a moment in, in Andromeda where it felt like you really took the leap. And now it was like, yes, this is guitar and electronic music like yeah. at once well before it really felt like guitar music with with the with a sci-fi like layer a, yeah exactly yeah now it feels like it's it's a proper mix instead of like a metal song with sci-fi layers yeah exactly i i, I would agree with that too and i and i could probably pinpoint exactly where the switch kind of happened i think the the song, the first song that I released with the with like the intent to you know really blend the two together was isolated. That was like uh, isolated, and then the pathogen downfall came right came right after yeah. that, and it was like those two where you can kind of really hear the uh, the switch over to the you know the the the, the heavier blend of the two, and right. you know especially now with like my recent recent stuff, it's like yeah, the, I basically treat the synths as like an actual like a whole nother like i guess another band member you could say yeah like another guitar. versus versus yeah versus before it was like yeah just the layers or you know you know backtracks or stuff like that yeah that's pretty pretty cool is isolated the one that go that you play in c like low c yeah, okay. yeah just just to see if i remember the what song it was correctly yeah i remember that that was that was pretty cool and that did signify uh a change that's awesome but um video games that's that's interesting because more recently again same point uh a lot of people have been oh yeah video game soundtracks this and that just because there's now mick gordon you you like you have a metal video game soundtrack to to reference and i yeah. i talk to producer people and a few of them do say people say oh i want the mick gordon mix with this and the this so they literally say I, i'll have the mick gordon please it's how influential <laughs> it actually is, which is crazy. But so you talked Mass Effect. What I haven't listened to the Mass Effect soundtrack, and I'm wondering, what do you like about it? And what about other video game soundtracks that inspire you? Okay, so as far as the like Mass Effect soundtrack, uh, so the Mass Effect soundtrack has like, it's like, it, has, have you ever seen Blade Runner? Yes. The Blade Runner movies? Okay, so it kind of has like that kind of feel to the soundtrack. Yeah, like a like, kind of like, yeah, like almost like 80s like synthwave kind of thing going yes. on. Yeah, it has that kind of vibe and then mix in with like orchestral stuff. And, you know, so it, it, it has that very, that old, that old, that kind of old school sci-fi feel. I see. And uh, I just, I, I, re I really love that sound and that's that's what like got me into wanting to learn how to do synths in the first place was because of the Mass Effect and then like you know Mick Gordon just like 
pushed me into like really like all right, I need to you know really crack down on the sense. Yeah. But yeah, the 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 Mass Effect vibe is what is is what like got me into wanting to mix synths and orchestrals and you know. But yeah, I love I love that feel. It feels like very. Uh, every time I listen to the Mass Effect soundtrack, like even if I had never played the games, it feels like it feels like I'm exploring, and I just I love I love. You know, I love the feeling that it gives me. It feels like you're exploring. Yeah, and, I know the feeling. Like I have, I have my own little references, which I grew up. My first video game experience was sitting on my dad's lap as a baby, as he played Half Life One. That was my first <laughs> gaming experience. And that's then, awesome. It is pretty cool. And then he played Half Life Two, and man, Half Life Two is like when you love a book so much that you like read it every year. It's not it's not that I play Half-Life 2 every year by any stretch of the imagination but the most recent time that I've played I went into the soundtrack paying attention to the soundtrack and it it's like it's exactly what you say where especially if you play the game and then you go back to just the soundtrack and you can relive the the feeling of exploring the game when yeah. you're listening to the soundtrack and it makes sense that if Mass Effect has the the Vangelis vibe of the detuned old school synths. Of course, that Half Life had to have have this dystopic or dystopian feeling, like almost trip hop beats, and then this kind of fucked up feeling of people being left of on the outside of an evolving society. So, in a different sense, I get what you mean about how yeah. I feel to the Half Life Two soundtrack. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. That's the beauty of like of of uh, video game soundtracks and you know movie soundtracks is that you know they're instrumental, but they have to convey a certain feeling, right? Oh yeah. And so when you listen to these to these soundtracks, it's like you're you're able to it, it puts you in that mindset of whatever the the game or the movie you know is trying to be. And yeah. I feel like that's something that's like a little bit underappreciated is how those soundtracks can do that because like yeah when i when i like i said when i listen to a mass effect like song you know part of the soundtrack i feel like i'm in that universe right and yeah. i just yeah I, I love i love when music can do that when it can take me to like a different um you know like a different Feeling. world i guess <laughs> yeah i get that it's cool because video games and movies have a, a world have a visual world for you to reference, but our music doesn't. We just have the audio. So we are guiding someone to to a universe that they don't have necessarily visual reference of. I'm wondering for Andromeda, what is this universe? Something about space, something about- It it started out as like, um, as yeah, it's kind of like a space, kind of world i guess you know especially you know at at the start i was you know at that time i was very very influenced by mass effect so yep. i was going for that very otherworldly kind of sound and wanting to you know to to make people feel like they're you know like exploring the galaxy almost yeah so um you know eventually that kind of uh you know evolved and evolved and i feel like more so now it's it's uh I would say it's still in the the realm of sci-fi, but um, I feel like so the the cool thing about the cool thing about um, 
the the music that I put out is part of part of it is like I like to to have the music kind of depict what the art like like put you in the feel of what the artwork of the music you oh, know, yeah. you have great art so the, yeah. so the the two the two you know go together so that um basically I w- I want it to feel like I want I want the listener to be like to be able to look at the artwork and listen to the music and kind of build this like mental image in their head of like what's going on so like with the album hellscape right you know if you if you look at the artwork it's like you know this dude against you know there's like a horde of demons and obviously the that album is very very doom inspired yeah but but you know when i when people listen to that soundtrack i want them to feel like you know like they're being taken through this journey of you know fighting hell basically cool yeah so you do take advantage of the little visual medium that we have, which is a square yeah. picture. <laughs> exactly. It can say a lot. So very cool. All right. You touched on something that's interesting that you have touched on before. And I, I always like it and laugh the way you present the topic about being instrumental. <laughs> and um, Ramon famously has a Facebook like cover photo of a comment where someone said, um, instrumental instant dislike or something. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, no vocals instant dislike. That's exactly <laughs> what it is, man. What What's your thought about that? Presented with that, what do you think that person is feeling? What What about instrumental music? It's an interesting topic. Yeah, I mean, so I, so I mean, as humans, you know, I feel like as humans, we relate to. to the like the voice the most right yeah. and i feel like that's why people gravitate to music with vocals so much is because you know of that of that human element and you know the lyrics and things like that that, that grab yeah. people like whenever like you know the average the average person when they when they think of their favorite song they're usually thinking of like you know the you know the hook right or the chorus yeah. of, of that song but and you know i agree that that uh, music with vocals is great and you know, there's, there's no, there's no disputing that. But I also think that um, instrumental music is is a bit underappreciated, and for the fact that that you don't need, that you don't, or rather that you don't have the lyrics there to explicitly tell you what's yeah, going on, right? Right. So that leaves that leaves um, that leaves room for interpretation or imagination. You know, for the listener to, for them to you know, to, to allow the music to make them feel a certain way and, you know, just to, for them to get lost, I guess. I feel like yeah. it's easier to get lost in thought and, you know, in imagination with instrumental music than it is with music with lyrics. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something that I really like about instrumental music is that, yeah, like I said, it can take you to like, it can make you feel like, you know, like you're somewhere else, basically. Yeah, cool. I see a lot of people relating to that because listeners of this podcast always of course they like progressive music and definitely instrumental music and the likes of you and um, intervals or, or Pliny bands that do not have vocals as a resource and I think that's a great argument it almost comes back to the parallel of the book versus the movie where yeah. in the book you imagine the characters voices and you imagine the visual space that that's a, that's a perfect a perfect analogy yeah exactly. yeah it's cool it's like yeah cyberpunk 2077 and blade runner 2049 if you picture the cities in those places you have the look but yeah. if you 
the first line in the book that inspired all of the cyberpunk things, which is the Neuromancer by, 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 I forgot his name, of course I forgot his name. The first line is something about the sky was tainted a dead television blue or something like that. Yeah, that's a crazy line. It, it, it's, and it's way better than what I just said, I'm paraphrasing, but does it not put you in the spot? <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It's like, it, you know, that, I don't know, when I, when I think of like, what, what did you say? A, tele, a dead television blue? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a crazy way to describe it. Because even the, he uses television, which puts you in the futuristic space already. He uses something, yeah. something artificial, not real light, like artificial light, but it's coming from the sky. Yeah, it, yeah that's, that's such a crazy way to put it. Yeah. And the, the, the thing about that, too, is like, yeah, it, it gets your imagination going, right? And you, you, but yeah. you don't have you don't have like the actual exactly. thing to look at yeah. and that's again so that goes it, back to the instrumental thing is yeah it makes sense like i imagine something and you imagine something else but but the vibe is there and each of us imagine what we want to relate to the most exactly yeah pretty pretty cool all right man i'm curious about something that we've um you've touched on and we've touched on together but you never really explained you are legally blind. This is correct. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's correct. So um, what does that comprise you? I see you move your eyes off. If people are watching on YouTube, they'll see it too. I'm just wondering how serious it actually, it actually is, so, how much it affects you. So the condition that I have is called nystagmus. And uh, yeah, it's the shaking of my eyes. Um, you know, I've had, it, I've had it since birth. So growing up with it, you know, I don't really notice the shaking per se. Unless, mm-hmm. unless I stare at something for like a really long time, like if I, if I like stare at a certain object, then I'll start noticing the shaking. But, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of looking around and stuff, I don't really notice it that much. It's more so like, I mean, it does affect my vision because I can't like, I can't see very far, obviously. Yeah. You know, I'm legally, I can't drive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, if I wanted to join the military or anything, I couldn't do that either. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, so obviously it affects me. Um, but the you know, the way that I like work around it, I guess, is you know, I'll usually try to make like text on like my phone or my computer, you know, all and try to enlarge it in some way. Okay. Um, or like you know, when I'm using uh like Google or something, like the the browser, I have it zoomed in, you know, cool. a good bit good. so that I can actually you know, so I'm not like straining my eyes on the computer. Yeah. Um. But so the the funny thing about it though is is even so <sighs> even even if I make the 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 like the words and everything bigger, right? I still have to be like close up to the to the computer. Like yeah. it, it, the, the like the best way to describe it, I guess, is like after a certain cutoff point, like no matter how big text is or whatever, I can't really I can't really read it. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Just wondering how much that um, that actually affected you, and it's it's weird. I always feel weird touching on these points. It feel it always feels insensitive, but no, no, no. It's it's. I think it's it's good to prove a point that um, even to me myself that sometimes you'll feel I'll feel not motivated to pick up the guitar, or try to write something, or try to continue my YouTube videos because of very very minor stuff. That sometimes you let something, something very minor get to you, 
And um, yeah, you're out here operating a DAW where you're literally sometimes forced to look away. Like you're forced to look away at the screen and you're still putting out music every single month. And um, I at least like to hear that. I don't know if the audience cares to hear for that, but that does inspire me in some way. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I'm glad. That's, you know, I don't, I don't like I don't find it insensitive when people ask me like that that's why I that's why I've made it public in the first place is because right. you know I want people to know that you know that you you can like if you set your mind to it you can do it like you know I you know I've had this condition that you know that messes with my ability to to see properly but I still you know I still put the work in and I still do what I can to to get where I want to be and you know, obviously that's paid off, you know, it's, it's paid off and continued, continues to pay off. Yeah. And, you man. know, I want people, to, I want, I want people to, to know that like the only thing really holding you back is, is going to be you. So there you go. Yeah. That's all I wanted to hear. That's a great, a great bit. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, have an, an interesting note here about, um, more of the on the content creator side and just producing and releasing your own stuff, something that we all need to do as musicians these days, especially if you're your own self-contained band, uh, solo project, publish everything, which is a situation that more and more people find themselves in these days that is uh, very liberating and also very, um, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work involved. Yeah. And... um. Okay. Yeah, we've talked enough about, I mean, you can never talk enough about it, but about the creation and the inspirations and uh, what in the end inspires you to, to make it is very important. But then the strategy is also, also very key. And one thing that I like to point out that you started doing, and if you have any thoughts about, is your release schedule. Because from a certain point, you um, switch from EPs and albums to a recent strategy of, doing one song every single month. How do you, how has that worked out first? So for me, I find that it's, you know, it's worked out great because, because of the fact that I'm, you know, an online, an online musician, pretty much, you know, I don't play live at the moment yeah. or anything. So, you know, so you don't really have those live shows, you know, there to, to fall on and to keep you relevant. So you have to find another way to do that. And but what better way to do that than to release new music? Right. Yep. So, so personally for me, you know, well, I, I, there's, there's two things that I've really found, you know, doing it this way is that one, obviously I feel people respond better to it because, you know, you're giving them bite-sized content over a more consistent period of time versus a huge chunk. Yeah. And then, you know, disappearing for like a year. Right. Right. And while while albums themselves you know like i don't i don't want to take anything away from albums Not because albums do have their place i think you we know, love albums being, yeah being able to tell a story you know over you know over however many songs the album is going to take you know there's there's something very special about that that you know that you can't you can't, you can't take that away from an album but at the same time you can tell that same story over a period of months right you know, releasing yeah. a, a new, it's almost like, it's almost like doing like TV, right? Versus a movie. Right. Like a movie is like an album and a TV would be like, you know, releasing the, uh, you know, bite-sized pieces of music over a period of time. That's the kind of way that I look at it. 
Oh. Is, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, like I said, I feel like people respond to it a bit better just because of the nature of streaming and people are constantly, you know, with Spotify especially, people are constantly finding new music. And so, you know, to try and keep up with that, it's, I think it's good to release singles, you know, often. Yeah. So, and then the other thing too is I hate waiting <laughs> to put out, yeah. like, to, I, I hate sitting on music, like music for, for, a, for a really long time because I'll, you know, I'll make something cool and I'm like, man, I have to wait to put this out. So, yeah. so I find it more enjoyable for myself to actually, you know, do the whole uh, song a month type thing because, you know, I don't have to wait, you know, a whole, yeah. like a whole year to, to drop. <laughs> To drop, you know, <laughs> to drop a banger. music that I'm that I'm, to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to drop something that I'm like super hyped about, you know. Yeah, man, I really like that point because a lot of people, when they get romantic about the EP format or the or the album format, have you even considered that you yourself might enjoy more working on a single basis? And if you enjoy yeah. it more, you're gonna make better art. Have you considered? That's actually yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. The. That's something that I definitely noticed, like pretty early on, is that, yeah, being able to to put out singles was I was just having a lot more fun with it, just because of the fact that I was able to see the response to it, you know, a lot quite a lot faster. Yeah, and so that just and that just motivated motivated me even more. So it's kind yeah. of the cycle of like of a uh, yeah you know of putting something out and then being motivated to do it again and again so i feel like that's part of the reason why i'm able to do it on such on such a consistent basis is because whenever i put something out you know i get the 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 flood of like messages and stuff that's like man this is fucking sick yeah and it's just like oh i gotta put something else out again (laughs) cool yeah you get that feedback loop way more frequently exactly yeah. yeah that makes a lot of sense if if it were the scientific process you would rather have feedback every one month than every two years. Just you would exactly, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly it. Pretty, pretty interesting. I was also just thinking in my mind about some people that that can get more bitter about it. Well, they'll say, "Yeah, the audience's attention span is that of a goldfish. Everything's <laughs> going down the drain." Well, consider this: you're not special. Your own attention span is also going down the drain. <laughs> so. You yourself will like and benefit from more frequent releases. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, and I don't know, with with the yeah with streaming and the internet, I feel like I, I, I feel like it's a I don't know. To me, it's a good thing, I guess, to to be able to release music in a more consistent fashion. Yeah. Just because I don't know, I feel like doing it that way is it's going to make it easier for you in the long run. Just because, mm-hmm. like I said, it keeps you relevant, right? And yes. every time you drop, like every time I, I drop a new song, I get, you know, I get new listeners. You grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the game that we're playing. And um, people, I've argued this a ton of times on the, on the podcast that if people want to get romantic about a certain format and not give up that, fine. Just know that you also give up the audience because you're doing something in a way the audience does not consume it. If you're exactly. fine, if you're fine with that, and you really, really want to make a, a an eighty-minute prog album, by all means, because that's what some people want to do. That's the kind of things that they love. Absolutely yeah. fine. But if you make bangers, you don't have to join twelve of them to release one. 
you can yeah, release exactly. you can release just one yeah ex- exactly yeah and uh, and like 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 you know like i said like you can't take away the the the, the special virtue things of album. the album yeah, yeah you, you can't you can't take that away from the album but you know at, with that you know the, the flip side of that is you know the way singles tend to play out with the way people consume things and yeah that that's that's something that i've argued a lot too when it comes when it comes to like uh you know because people ask me like advice on release schedules things like that because yeah. they see my growth you know yep and i always tell them the same thing you know if, if you if you want to you know with the way streaming is today if you want to grow do singles at least for for a good while before putting out an album yeah like like i would i wish that i would have done the whole singles thing like when i first started i could like i'd probably be i'd probably be bigger than i am now if i had yeah but you know back then i was also stuck in the way of thinking of like oh i've got to do you know one single and then and then i'll do you know and then release like an album but yeah if i if i would have done singles from the start you know, I would have, I definitely would be further than I am now. And I, and I, f- I feel like it's important whenever you're just starting out to be even more consistent. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that beneficial to just drop an album when you are just starting out because no one knows who you are. Yeah. So you, you want to have that consistent content stream going out so that people, you know, start finding your stuff and, you know, you start growing, and then once you've got like you know a, a good, a decent fan base going on, you know you've got a little community of people that like your music. Then, then you can do like an EP or an album or something. I feel like that's probably like if you're still going to do the album thing, I feel like that's the way that you should do it. Is to start with singles for a good while till you build, you know, a good base, and then you can, you know, do albums. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the blueprint. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. If someone like you says, if I had done this in this format, I would be in a different place that I am now. That is, that is a lot of proof. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah, yeah. Singles, singles is the singles is the way. Yeah, absolutely. In this day and age, and if it's it's interesting, I find myself thinking thinking about that a lot. Like. Why, why do people have a problem with it? I, I, th- I think about it often. It, it, it often does, doesn't make sense. It's, it's kind of irrational. It's, it kind of feels like just a fear of, a fear of change from, from what's familiar, but without really, really considering it. Because like you said, we can't take away the virtue of the album and of telling us a story throughout uh, of a few songs but we also can't take away the disadvantages of the album yeah that's also true <laughs> you cannot take away any of them where you have to wait a lot longer to do it in a world where the consumer wants um just wants more more often thanks to the mm-hmm. way that that we're consuming and um yeah at the end of the day it just it it always comes down to authenticity. I say this every podcast, and here it applies in this in this manner. If you don't uh, resonate with the format, don't do it. But don't go whining that you can't accept the audience that was willing to consume 
that different format. You're, you're going to have to take whatever you're given. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Interesting topic. Anyhow. Yeah. I, I always have the topic to round out the podcast of uh, inspirations. We've already touched on a lot of, about video game soundtracks, and that's, that's very interesting. And I'm wondering if, if there's any, since we touched on the, on the more cinematic side of it, if there's any uh, more um, traditional band inspiration that you, that you do have in terms of music. Yeah, so I would say a big one right now is probably Northland. Yes. Um, they, yeah, oh, they're also tying in with the synths. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's why I feel like, I mean, I've always been into Northland. Like I got into them way back, you know, uh, in Singularity. Yeah, in the middle you know, of days. Dropped. Yeah. And whenever, whenever they dropped that album, that's when I got, that's when I, I was really into them for a while whenever cool. they dropped that album. Um, but yeah, so, but, but in these, you know, with the, with their new sound going on, that whole like cyberpunk type thing, they're, they're definitely a big influence on me, I would say, right now. Cool. Um, let's see. I've been listening to a lot of um, more electronic music recently. Nice. So I've, I've, been, I've been really into synthwave. So I would say a, a, a synthwave artist that I really like right now is his name is Anzo. Okay. And uh, yeah, so his, his stuff, I definitely, think, I definitely feel like it's been influencing me a bit. Um, How a do bit you spell it? How do you spell it? A-N-Z-O. Oh, with an A. Okay. I'll check that yeah. out. Cool. Yeah, check out the song Colony. That's probably my favorite one right now. Colony. Let's do it. I love the shout outs to music. Recently, I found out about an artist called Cell Dweller. Oh, uh, I love Cell Dweller. Yeah, because a friend of mine, shout out Adrian, he also does a lot of guitar and synth, and he's also very video game inspired and movie, horror movie inspired as well. Um, he put that on an Instagram story. It was like it was just like the guy screaming, and then a hard trance drop, and I'm like, "Hmm." <laughs> I love Cell Dweller, dude. Cell Dweller is fucking, it's fucking sick. It, yeah, I checked I would, out a few I would songs. Say that's, I, would, I would say that's another influence on me too, Cell Dweller. I would say so. If it makes sense that you would have heard that that type of music, it is really, really cool. Yeah, let's see. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Actually, let me let me let me open up my yeah Spotify. yeah. That's what Daniel did the last episode. It's always cool to see. What you've been listening to recently? Oh, okay. I'm gonna I mean, I have to drop Spirit Box in here. Oh, we obviously, are, yeah, of course. Shout out to the <laughs> man. I I've always said like I'm so happy that they now look as big as they sound. Shout out to Spirit yeah, Box. I know, right? <laughs> Spirit Spirit Box is fucking great. I love Spirit Box. Hell yes. Um, my boys and Never Tell. I've been listening to them a lot. They're like uh, it's kind of like this cool mix of like R and B and rap and rock music it's like it's almost like a new age lincoln park and it's it's fucking dope i love it yeah in the same um, way that i i would say the same way that there's this uh amount of people that are starting to bridge electronic music there's this amount of people that are starting to bridge new metal back and so yeah yeah it, i've seen a resurgence in new metal yeah, too like and it's interesting because in pop music if you've noticed the pop acts recently it's 80s nostalgia that's coming back as well yeah i have it's, noticed it's that, yeah. all it's the weekend it's the latest john mayer song if you've heard that like it's it's all 80s so <laughs> i think we're we're rolling back a cycle like we're the the cycle is fulfilling yeah yeah it's it's kind of why i think um that's probably the reason why i think rock and metal is kind of on the come up right now is because of 
Oh yeah, you know we're because, we've you know, been back, in the you know, slump. So now we're yeah we're, we're kind of coming back in the in the come up right like mm. in the eighties when you know rock was like you know and you know you had like hair metal and stuff back then it was like you right. know, the big thing. But yeah, so I feel like metal is a bit on the come up right now, which I think is great. Yeah, man, we might have the twenty thirties for ourselves. That's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, like the nature, everything is cyclical. Even if you think about, oh, I don't know, about fashion, like stuff like bootcut jeans, <laughs> yeah. fucking coming back, stuff like big colors, oversized shit in shoes, again, coming back. And it, it does work in cycles. And we start to notice that in music too. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, 10 or so years, 15 years down the road, you know, when, because I feel like, you know, singles is, is going to be the way people start releasing stuff, you know, for, it's, I feel like that's going to be the trend for a good while. Yeah. But eventually I feel like it's going to get to a point where we start seeing the, the come up of albums again, hmm. where people start to crave that the big feeling of, of, yeah, of the big bodies of music and, you know, being taken on a journey, you know, in one, you know, in, in a group of songs. So I, you know, like like I said, I don't think, I don't I don't think albums are going anywhere. You know, they they might be a, a little bit on the down low for a bit, but they'll I feel like they'll come back up eventually. But as far as like other other music or other uh, artists, you know, speaking of pop music, Ariana Grande, fucking love Ariana Grande. Cool. Um, The Weeknd is another good one. Yeah. Um, let's see, Lights, Lights is a pretty good artist. Yeah. You ubiquitous names. Um, sure. Obviously, I know I love Pliny. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, Era. Era's new album is pretty sick. It's, it's what I've been listening to the most, for sure. R- really? Era's new album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Cannot stop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and another, like, kind of electronic um, artist um swarm he's like he's he's kind of crazy because he'll he's like he's like the alternative version of like of of an edm artist he, mm-hmm. he he's definitely influenced by metal like i think he's done remixes of like of of metal songs but yeah his his stuff is crazy he's got some sick drops yeah i think you have shouted out storm uh, swarm and i have checked him out like a long time ago because you because you said yeah, it oh, had really? it had the yeah. I think it had like the cell dweller vibe. That's yeah, his cool. his his stuff is his stuff is great. I love Swarm. Nice man, that's cool. I think that's a good place to end the podcast. So Andromeda, oh, yeah. your project. What's the name of the latest song? Uh, the latest song is called Artificial Life. I'm Artificial gonna, Life. A new song is dropping on the twenty fifth. So oh, all right. What day is it today? Oh, twelve. This it, will come out before, but people should be following you by then. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yes, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me.